welcome back to the Modern Commerce Podcast. Almost said the name of our other podcast. That's what I did around here. I'm super excited about our guest today. It is the one, the only, the man with all the style and all the swag, Mr. Van Oaks. We're going to talk about influencer marketing, creators, why creators should own their audience. We're going to do that all right after a quick word from today's episode sponsors. What's up? What's up, everybody? This is John and Casey from ModCom, and I have to show you something, all right? This tool is called Wicked Reports. It's one of the best attribution tools I've ever seen because of this feature called Funnel Vision. It breaks up your ROAS into top, middle, and bottom of funnel. So I'm here on my Facebook ads account and checking out this campaign, V-Day Sale. I'd probably be cutting this thing, right? If I was looking in Ads Manager or if I was looking at First Touch Attribution, I'd be like, you suck, 0.18 ROAS you're out. Uh, but if I look at it middle funnel, it's like one of the best closers. If I look at it bottom of funnel, it's one of the best closers. So that campaign is closing. I got to keep it running. I got to adjust the targeting in there and I got to adjust the creative in there. You know what I'm saying, Casey? John, if you look at the top campaign here, this four pack lob rolls, uh, you can see actually the exact opposite effect. It's, it's bringing people into the account, into this world really effectively, but it's not that closing type. So you kind of need a little bit of both, right? Like this is Can't the Kobe. Close. One you described as the shack together, they make beautiful harmony in your ad account. Yeah, that one's lobbing it up. The other one's throwing it down. If you want to find out which of your campaigns are Kobe's, which ones are shacks, and which ones you should just cut entirely, don't even give them a roster spot, go to wickedreports.com and click the demo button. What's up? We are back and uh, we are also live streaming this episode of the pod to Instagram where I believe Van is muted. So Van, I don't know if you heard, but you're you're muted there. If yeah. you can unmute that. Can you hear me there though? Can you hear me on there? I can hear you up here though. I can cool. hear you up We're here. We're good though. We're good. Van, good to have you here. Uh, so quick rundown. Van is actually my former partner. He was my partner at Explosive Growth Marketing. Um, Casey and I kind of built this agency up a, a little bit. Van came in and was like, "Hey, I got business. You got you want to partner up on this?" And so we did. We sold it. It was a good time. Good time was had by all. Uh, so it's been a long time coming. I should have had you on the podcast way sooner as like one of my few business partners ever. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, nah, we'll wait like two years to get you on the pod. Uh, but, but Van, someone I trust more than probably anybody, most people, more than most people for sure about influencer marketing and creator marketing. Um, give, I, you know, from my speaking live speaking that I hate the like meandering introduction thing that I just did. <laughs> But like, we have to do it so that people know why they should listen to you. So give me like 30 seconds, the story of Van Oaks, the Ballad of Van Oaks in 30 seconds. Ballad of Van Oaks in 30 seconds, man. I, it, it's it's hard. So I, I have a background in sales. I did sales for 12 years. Uh, in 2013, I trans transitioned over into selling stuff online. Uh, launched an agency, worked for Diesel Power Gear, who has a television show on Discovery Channel called Diesel Brothers. Partner with John uh, on a business. I own Tuffering, a couple other businesses, but I do, I guess I'm all over the place is what I am. Uh, but, yeah. but yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell, all over the place. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I mean, so so really Diesel and, and really everything you've done, and the reason I say I trust you more than any, anybody else when it comes to influencer marketing is uh, you did the door-to-door -door sales thing and then you came and you try and like crack your own offers, run traffic to them. And it really didn't all click in like, you didn't really have this big, big win until you started being like, let me work with people who are already, they already have a little fire going, right? Like they've built this little fire. They got kindling on there, you know, it's going and I'm just going to come and be like kerosene. Um, and I think that was kind of like when you got your real first big win, when you start working with influencers. And that's kind of why I like think you're sort of the, th the authority on this. Um, so yeah, while you're figuring out your IG over here, got a little He's echo just on that, it's, that it's echoing really bad. I, it sounds fine to me, but yeah, it does to me as well, but yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what it is. You guys can join it on the Instagram or sorry, you can join us on YouTube on the modern commerce YouTube. It's one of the three channels in here. If you have an echo problems. Uh, but I think we, we texted earlier this week and you were saying that one of the things that's on your mind when it comes to creators, there's a lot of kind of creators and influencers in our audience. One of the things that's on your mind lately is how 
they're sort of building this audience and they're doing a good job of, of making this audience like them and know them. Uh, but they're, they're not really owning the audience. So yeah, I mean, maybe talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, as John said, I work with a lot of influencers, right? Some of these guys, influencers from the micro influencers of 5,000 followers all the way up to a couple of guys I work with have five, 10 million followers. Right. So you work with all of them everywhere in between. And, and some of them are popular on some platforms, some popular on other platforms. And I've kind of, I've been along the journey uh, with Heavy D and the Diesel Brothers of of being able to run their social medias as as they've experienced this massive growth through different platforms. Because when we started, it was Facebook, and mm -hmm. then switched to well, when we started, it was YouTube. Then we transitioned all the followers over to Facebook, and then we transitioned all the followers over to Instagram, and then now they're now we're transitioning back to YouTube. So I've seen all the different yeah. platforms. I've seen how they all work. Um, and I see what's valuable and what isn't valuable. And I think what we were talking about, what you're referring to is, is I was, I was asking like, what happened, what would happen if Facebook changed their algorithm tomorrow to where you had zero organic, because I've already really done that. You've went through. Yeah. What if? Yeah. They've already done that and they're continuing to do it to where like we used to see 16% engagement, you know, 10 was normal. Yeah. And now, like any account, statistically, any account over 500,000 on Facebook sees 1.5 at the most. Yeah. And so, so like you work so hard to grow these platforms, but you don't own that platform. Facebook owns those people. Instagram owns those people and you don't, you don't own them anywhere. So like they yeah. can choose to, if they change their algorithm tomorrow and say they don't want to show it to any of your followers, you're screwed. Not screwed, but you would just have to pay. Uh, to get yeah. it shown to them as to where some of these other platforms that I'm pretty high on, like, like YouTube is everybody sees everything that you post. Right. Uh, so I, I think it's, it's, it can just be a little bit scary. If you, if you put all your eggs in one basket of one platform to, to, to grow, call it Instagram. And then what if the algo changes, you know, you don't have, you don't own any of those people. Yeah. So, I've, I've always been big on owned audiences. I think from the decent power days, I've always been big on it and I'm more bullish on it now than I ever have been. Why did you move? So I want to know, uh, this cause, uh, again, quick background. And this, this is why I hate doing that. Like here, tell me your big long story at the beginning thing, because I like to sprinkle things in throughout, um, anyway, but like, uh, your background, I believe you came to diesel. If I remember right, the, it's, it's funny. Cause we just know each other. So I remember a lot of this, like we've talked about a lot of this stuff before. Um, you came in when they were at like 2 million or 4 million or something like yeah. that. They had done two or 4 million already yeah. in revenue. So they weren't nothing, right? Like they were doing okay. But the main way they were doing it was just, you know, through their, through their organic following. And at that time they were big on, was it YouTube that they were big on at that time? Or was it Facebook? It was, it was originally YouTube, right? But when yeah. I started working for them in 2015, yeah, Facebook was, was the, was the main focus. And then they had just started to dabble in the Instagram and, and getting their followers over to Instagram. So, so why did they want to move their following from YouTube over to Facebook? Because at the, they, at, at the time, the idea was like, these platforms are blowing up. Like YouTube was the original. Oh. Like, let's just get on this just for the heck of it. And then when, when yeah. they kind of started getting some traction and got popular on YouTube, they're like, dude, we need to grow this on Facebook where, you know, Facebook's the best thing. And then it was like, Instagram's the new hot thing. We need to grow following there too, so that we can be influencers all, all along the way. Yeah. But, but I don't think there was any specific reason other than uh, like these platforms were growing so fast that so they knew they had to be on Facebook and then Instagram, yeah, there's opportunity there. They had to be on it. Yeah. And, and, and that is, so that's a common thing with creators, influencers. I find, I feel like, you know, it, 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 it's, it's such a tough balance because anything that's done really well is typically done through consistent and like hard work. You know what I mean? Right. right. So like the best audiences are grown by increments of 10, 20 followers a day, 30 followers a day. Maybe some days it's a little more, maybe some of the content pops off a little bit, but, uh, you know, a, a lot of times I feel like on any platform, when you see accounts and we can get into this a little bit, when you see accounts that have grown by a hundred thousand followers in a week, cause they just had one piece of content just hit, you know what I mean? 
a lot of times those that audience isn't as high quality is that is the audience that is uh you know just like grown more slowly right and so so it's a tough balance because i tend to think that anything done well is done by like consistent hard work but in the in the influencer game in the creator game from the creator side of it there's this shiny object thing where it's like okay but that shiny object might actually be worth chasing right like maybe it actually is worth going over to TikTok because if you do get a million followers on there some of them will follow you on instagram and will follow you other places and stuff like that so that's kind of like what you guys were doing but i was just curious because there was a time that on facebook the name of the game people didn't run facebook ads to their products they used to run like ads were you ever part of this yeah I remember yeah people used to run page like ads to like just grow their page following and they'd have these facebook pages that had like a million followers or likes or whatever you know or two million and then they just post their products like organic yeah. post their product products I on did their that. I you did, did that. that you did that yeah like yeah, a lot of people I have a, I have a page called uh i love my children and okay. it's a mother's page about why they love their children and the right. fact of the matter is i got over i have over a million million likes on the page and at the time in 2014 this was legit dude like to yeah have no yeah you could, i could post all my stuff and it crushed but at, you could post a t-shirt on there and it'd probably sell you know 10 20 000, yeah, you know, yeah. and I, all i was yeah. doing was posting viral shareable content that was just like i couldn't live without my kid or like i love my yeah. kids so much and people would just like and share and tag their kids and stuff like that but it grew right, so, right. but but anymore that page isn't worth anything to me, you know. But back exactly. in the day, that page was super valuable. That's a yeah, and and your all the ad campaigns you ran, you didn't run any ad campaigns to your product. You just if you ran ad campaigns at all, it was just more likes on the page, right? Yeah. And and so so this has happened. Iterations of this has, has have happened. And I remember uh, a friend of of the of the diesel guys, someone who was on the show, the muscle. Um, I remember at one time when we were working with his company, one mission. And like he was, he was questioning whether we should continue to run ads from the page because he felt like his organic reach was going down because of the ads. And I remember you being like, I don't think it's because of the ads. I think that just like Meta throttled Facebook, Meta's throttling Instagram organic reach. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so that's exactly it. Like the the whole thing here is like, if you're an influencer creator, you do all this work to to grow this following, and especially if you've done it little by little, like I was talking about, right? If you hit a big piece of content, that's great. You know what I mean? But either way, you've done the work to grow the following, and you're playing in a sandbox that isn't yours. So, like, what is your biggest advice to creators? Is it like? Do they have to be cross-platform? Uh, I mean, does that is it that, or is it like they need to own the audience a different way? Like, what's your advice to them? What are what are creators not thinking about that they should be? Um, that that's a great question. I think they should be on all the platforms. Yes, but but it, it gets very hard. Yeah, because you, you just repurpose the same stuff, or yeah. yeah. But you you know that TikTok style content is very different than Facebook style content, right? right? So it gets it gets very tedious to be on all of these platforms, right? So so I think what I was talking to you about was like, yes, you should be on these platforms. I mean, double down on the one that you're the biggest on and that, you know, is the right age, the right age demographic for Instagram or for TikTok. Mm -hmm. Double down on those for sure. But I, I'm talking about like, I really think influencers should have text lists and I really think they should have email subs and I and more I think they should have YouTube channels. Like yeah. You, like if, if, if you would realize that if, if you're just making content daily and you're, and you're repurposing in that, and that's how you're growing your, your following, make a longer YouTube video and then sit and, and repurpose that YouTube video into shorts, into smaller content, and then post them on the other channel. But, but with YouTube, for example, you've got all these followers that, that then any, anytime any of your stuff's watched later on down the road, you're getting paid for that. Right. Yeah. Three years down the road, somebody wants to search a Tesla on tracks. The video of us is going to pop up and, and we're going to get paid. Uh, yeah. So so I just think there's other platforms that that you, you have a little bit more control of everybody that sees your stuff. And I think a text list is a fantastic thing for influencers to have. It's yeah. super simple. And open rates on text messages, 98%. The first thing you do in the morning is check your text message. And the last thing you do at night is check your text message. So why I, I, wouldn't you as an influencer have a group text thread where you could just send out like, Hey, I, I've got a, I've got a fight in Las Vegas. Come here, buy the tickets here. 
right you know, people just or you know if you feel like you're just a content creator and you, you're like well what would i even send to the texas send them when you have a new piece of content out right like hey That's new it. youtube video go check it out or even a new no, new ig reel go check it out right like you don't have to send them every ig if reel. you really want to grow the text list just say that you're going to post some private content on that text list thread only. And that's the only yeah. place to see it, you know, give them some other reason to be on this text list that maybe they'll see different content that nobody else does because yeah. you can post anything you want on there as opposed to these social media platforms that are heavily regulated on what you can post. You could do anything on a text thread. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, so, so do, would you execute it with, and, and I'm asking the simple questions that like, I kind of know the answer to, um, but would you execute it with like, a literal text thread where people are just like, yeah, put your number in here and I'm just going to make a big group text or would you use some kind of tool? Uh, I, I mean, yeah, you would post it to your social following, but you could also use a tool depending on what, what platform I, I, you're on. Yeah. Um, I specifically were, mean to, to like execute the actual like sends that you do to the text list. Oh, to the, to the people. Yeah. Like, what would I use to send that? Yeah, would you would you use like a V like, yeah. like okay, so early use, starter. I would, I, early starter, I would use Via. I would use a yeah. company that, that can send out text messages. They're so cheap to send, guys. Yeah. Like it, it, it's pennies to send. And if you're selling product or if you have something that's important for people to watch, a fight or, or something like that, whatever it may be, yeah. um, it, it's invaluable to send to these people. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So, I mean, I, I'm big on owned audiences. But, but that being said, John, that being said, John, like if you don't want to pay for a VIA or a company that does this, you could set this up through Twilio and use chat GPT or, or, or open.com to, to connect them all and do the text or it'd be a lot cheaper if you didn't, if you didn't want to use a company, but if you're just getting started, I would, I would suggest using somebody that does this for a living and can help you out. You know, I, I think that a lot of, creators like oh they're like oh i'm not that technical though i don't want to set up something like that yeah honestly like use a via you use you use not a via so via via i mean clavio can do this i'm not you know we don't we don't have any horse in this race um but at low yeah. volume where you're just you do I'm are you an investor okay <laughs> so uh, in full disclosure i sit on the board for via software Okay, uh, right. So Van has a horse in the race. So, but uh, that, being said, that being said, I've used all the plan. I've used SMS bump. I've used PostScript, Clavio. Yeah. I've used them all. Uh, but yeah. I, I currently use VIA. Yeah. I, and so, so I would say that uh, the, I think the, it like, if you're low volume, if you're a creator and you're just saying you're posting on your story, like, you know, hey, uh, text this word to this number and you're giving them some reason to do so, right? I don't know, maybe you're giving maybe you're giving them an Instagram shout out, right? Like if you're an inf Instagram influencer, it could be as simple as giving them an IG shout out uh, or something like that. Could be a giveaway, right? Like giving them, you know, one of them is gonna win something, I don't know. Uh, but it's like text this word to this number and you're building like a really at first kind of small text list or whatever that's yours and you own. One, highly recommend that for all creators. Creators, and two, it's not going to cost you very much. Like literally, go to Via Software or you know any of the other ones we had said, SMS Bump, Postscript. Some of them do require you to have they're like e-commerce ones, and they require you to have Shopify. But there are other ones that don't. Mobile Text Alerts is one that doesn't. Clavio is one that doesn't. Um, and and like for as low, I mean, it's twenty, thirty bucks a month. At, you know to start out right. um and as you grow the text list yeah it'll be more but like guess as you grow the text list it'll be worth more you'll be happy to pay more uh oh for sure and, for sure yeah. we did it so i did a i did a test um and i and i don't know if you remember that i did a full presentation on this at affiliate world yeah. um but but i ran i ran numbers we i wanted to find out the value of a of a phone number in the united states how, like how valuable that was to a brand uh -huh. to own so we went out and I, and I, I took over 2 million phone numbers in VIA. Uh, basically I used all VIA's numbers cause I'm an investor there. And of 2 million numbers surveyed the, the average value of a phone number to you to own as a direct to consumer business was $14 and 57 cents. Yeah. Almost $15 Crazy. That, that, that phone number is so valuable to you. And you can acquire some of these phone numbers on social media for, 
a dollar, two dollars, whatever. But they're very valuable SMS numbers. So I, I think I think influencers are missing something there. Why they that they should have a text thread um, or an SMS yeah. list, and then also email and YouTube channel where they have subscribers that see every single one of their videos, no matter right. What. Yeah. And, and I think it's tough because I've heard some people say like, hey, just focus on one platform and get until you get to 10,000 followers. Um, right. it, I, I mean, I'll give the counterpoint. We at, we have Casey and I have uh, what you would call a horizontally scaled. Uh, we're not really that scaled, but a horizontal media company where we don't have literally there is not a platform where we have 10,000 followers now. Our podcast episodes do, for the most part, get you know somewhere in the zone of ten thousand downloads, um, but we don't have ten thousand YouTube subscribers on any channel. We don't have ten thousand followers on any channel. You do. You have ten thousand on Instagram, but like I, you know, like that. That said, it's like we actually make a, like plenty of mo more money than a lot of creators because of it. It's still a distributed audience, but what we do have is we have probably five to 7,000 people on our text lists uh, for, right. for different, you know, and it spe specifically, especially for Triple Cross for a sports podcast, we have a lot. And that is, I mean, if you think about that as a, as a creator, when you're looking to do deals with brands, that like average number is worth, what did you say? $14.75 to a brand. Yeah. Now it might not be as high if they didn't collect the number. It might not be as high if it's a creator collected number, but even if it's half as high, uh, if you've got a thousand person text list, like, you know, now we're talking about some brand deals that even if you're a 20,000, you only have a 20,000 person audience, you know, on Instagram or whatever, but you got a thousand person text list, 5% of those people are on your text list. You know, now, now you're talking about being far, far more valuable to brands in the brand deals that you're trying to do. Without a doubt, without a doubt. It, like the second you work with, with an influencer who has a list that they can yeah. send to, as opposed to just, hey, I want to work with you. I'm going to do a I'm post. Gonna post about I'm gonna it. Do a story. Yeah. I'm going to do a story and I'm going to do a post. And it's like, okay, so, you know, a tenth at the max, a tenth of your people are going to see that. But if you had an SMS list and, and you could tell somebody, listen, I've got a 50,000 person SMS list and I'm going to shoot it out to, that's super valuable. Yeah. So, um, I want to switch it, uh, switch up this direction a little bit because I think we've we, we've made it pretty clear that like we sh you should own your audience. I think there's levels of ownership, an SMS list, email list. Those are kind of the highest levels of ownership that that you can have. Um, YouTube is probably a next level because if somebody has you know if somebody subscribed to notifications, they're going to get notifications every time you post content. Somebody subscribed to your content, they're probably going to see it when they're logged into YouTube. Um, so it's, you know, YouTube is a little bit better about distributing content to subscribers. Um, then I think that, you know, there's even another layer now. TikTok's created this other layer where- Dude, YouTube, uh, YouTube, I, I just had this, uh, I just saw this statistic with YouTube. Obviously there's, there's over a hundred billion hours watched a day on YouTube. A yeah. hundred billion Dang. hours watched every single day. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Uh, so the, and, the way that we used to watch TV, kids watch YouTube. No. I know, but they it, the uh, the next statistic that was on it was that sixty two percent of people who have the internet are on YouTube. Sixty two percent of people who have access to the World Wide Web use YouTube. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot. Because <laughs> yeah, at I, this I, point, I, most I of the world, under, I think people uh, don't understand how underutilized it could be. You know. You, yeah, YouTube. I mean, and if you look at like size of platforms and stuff like that. Like I almost say like, oh, YouTube, you don't even like they're not even playing in the same league as the other social media platforms. Right. People think Instagram's big, Facebook's big or they're like oh, TikTok is fast growing and it's big. And that's all true. But if you look at this on a chart, it's like, oh, YouTube's like in a different they're playing in a, an entirely different league. We shouldn't even be comparing them to these ones, both in yeah, terms of size, like daily points. users. Yeah. Yeah, their their daily user, I think it's like two point seven billion active daily users on YouTube that are watching content and they watch yeah full-length stuff constantly so it's and that's it's the other thing is watch platform. time actual consumption time is insane on the on the platform and so yeah. yeah i mean there's just it's it's on another level it's it's more in the category it probably belongs more in the category of like television and netflix and hulu and stuff like that and if we're being honest more uh, so dude i'm yeah. telling you i'm telling you people are getting rid of cable and 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 getting rid of satellite and they're doing youtube 
I do yeah. YouTube. I have YouTube TV because I, I need the TV for the sports stuff, but okay. I, yeah, that's I all I have you. in my whole house. I canceled everything. All I have yeah. is YouTube. Yeah, no, I, I haven't had cable for years, right? I have some streaming services other than YouTube, but right. yeah, I mean, a lot of it is YouTube TV. Um, and then, you know, maybe Disney plus, right. Like, cause I got kids, but, right. uh, I want to, I want to switch gears a little bit. So I was, I was also going to say that I, there is a little bit more level of ownership right now. And I, I stress the word right now with like Instagram because TikTok's created that. I would say at, there was a time where Instagram was actually the lowest level of ownership of your audience. You could grow an audience there and you know, they're using it. It's like a great place to be a creator and an influencer. So don't be like, don't shy away from Instagram. We're on Instagram live right now, right? Like I believe in Instagram, but uh, TikTok's created this other level where it's like very content focused. I want to get your thoughts on TikTok. If you've dove into it or if any of the diesel guys have don't dove yeah. into it at all, or if you know anyone who's big there, I'm sure you do. Yeah. Um, because th it's a very interesting platform. I know somebody, I don't know if he's on here, but a couple of people I know who, who were on here earlier, uh, somebody who actually works at Ondar, one of the companies that I, I work with, has like yeah. 700,000 followers on TikTok. People's like people like recognize him out in the world, you know. Yeah. Um and but but he talks about it and he's like TikTok followers are like very surface level followers because they don't yeah. see all your stuff, right? Like it's a very content based platform. So he's like yeah. in one in one way it's nice because you know when your content is good on TikTok and you know when it's not good. It gets reached when it's good and it doesn't get reached when it's not good no matter how big you are, but that following that you build is basically meaningless. So I do want to get your thoughts on TikTok. Is it worth it? I yeah. I'm so bearish. I'm so anti I don't really anti TikTok. Uh but there's there's a lot You're just an old man. You're just an old man. I'm not an old man. I'm not an old man. No, no, no. It's get off my lawn. Yeah. It's not even about like, there's a bunch of reasons that I'm, that I'm not a huge fan of TikTok, but look, the value of your followers on TikTok, like when people come to me and they say, I got a million followers on TikTok. And then they say, I have a million followers on Instagram. That Instagram That's weighs cool. so much more than your yeah. bullshit, your bullshit TikTok following that are half bots. They're not even yeah. real people. The majority of your following, you know, and, the, and, and, and it just doesn't monetize the way Instagram is still the highest return for, if you're going to work with an influencer, Instagram still reigns supreme, not yeah. even close, not even close. The, the, the not, value even, even compared to YouTube, you think even compared to YouTube or I, you not, not comparing it to YouTube, you, okay. YouTube is very different. I would, I, I would not, I wouldn't say that because a YouTube following is, is very, very, very important because everybody sees their stuff no matter what. So I would yeah. probably put more value on YouTube following. Yeah. But, YouTube. but if we're going Instagram versus TikTok, it's not even close. It's not even comparable. What, what, really, what would you say the ratio is like 10 this, to one? So, so layer this, the fact that it's not as good, the quality of traffic isn't the good. It doesn't convert as well. The pixel's not as good. All, all of the above. You can make cool videos and stuff like that. We're not even talking about the fact that you probably won't be able to have that app here in a month or two. Ooh, ooh, hot take. I, hot it's, take. Not even, it's not a hot take. It's, it's going through Congress right now. Yeah. And there's no way, there's no way the United States government is going to let this Chinese corporation do what they're trying to do without selling. Like, it's just not going to happen. It, yeah. I think it's, I mean, I'm not going to get into politics. Uh, it, yeah. It's not a place to get into politics, but, but none of these, none of these people that are making the decision in the Supreme Court know anything about marketing and they don't give a shit about any of that. So they care about the privacy stuff and they care about all that. And they'll, at the end of the day, it's a power move. And the, you know, yeah. the United States, you know, China is, it, it's going to get, it's going to get shut down or it's going to get sold. Hopefully, Fingers crossed it gets sold to some American company that can put in some some privacy stuff in there. But yeah. but you're really, but I mean I'm not, we're not even getting into that side of it, you know. I just don't think it is what yeah. these other platforms are. Uh, that's no. I I've ran traffic on TikTok. I've worked with plenty of TikTok influencers. I think it's a fantastic. I'm not I'm not trying to shit on your prey. That's not my intentions. I'm just yeah. like if you're comparing apples to apples and you have a you have a million subscribers on TikTok, million subscribers on Instagram, a hundred times out of a hundred, I'll work with the Instagram. And I would say, what would you say the ratio of it is like 10 to one, like, oh, like a million Instagram subscribers. That's like, you got to have like 10 million on TikTok for it to even. Yeah, close. pretty close, pretty close yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. And and I would actually say that across platforms. And so I would go down and tell me if you think my numbers are right here. We'll work in millions like that. I would say 
10 million on TikTok, 1 million on Instagram. That's about equal to like maybe two to 300,000 on Twitter. Good. You can buy followers on Twitter and they're not good. Yeah. But like if you got a two to 300,000 like good following on Twitter, that might be about the same as like a million on Instagram uh, or maybe four or 500,000. And then YouTube, I think like 100K. Like maybe not 10 to one to Instagram, but 100, 200K, maybe 250K. Yeah. 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 I, I, I would, I would, I would say that's about right. Somewhere yeah. T- Twitter's tricky. I, t- I threw Twitter in there, but like Twitter's really interesting because, and yeah, give me your thoughts on Twitter because I, I think, right. first of all, I think it's very certain markets, right? Like sports is big on Twitter. Uh, business is big on Twitter. And, and those are both markets that I'm a creator in. So I think I have more focus on Twitter than, than maybe some people do. But um, I want to get your thoughts on Twitter because sometimes I will, you know, I'll catch a retweet or something from an account that has 250,000 followers and it'll be like nothing really happened. And then I'll catch a retweet from somebody who has 20,000, but it's like every tweet they have is popping yeah. and engaged and I'll get a thousand new followers on Twitter from that. Um, yeah. So yeah. I'm interested in your thoughts on Twitter. Do you, do you play I there like- at all or not? Nah? I, I don't play a ton there. That's not a platform that I do well. Um, yeah. Uh, but I'm but I'm pretty bullish on TikTok. Like obviously the new. I don't know if you saw the new algorithm how how it was posted. What Elon about what a what a likes worth, what a retweets worth, what everything. I think the way yeah. that it's set up is set up for growth. So I think yeah. I think Twitter's an underutilized platform if you have the right demographic. Yeah, it's business. You got to be in the right market. It, it's not as it's very business kind of oriented type place as opposed to Instagram can be anything, right? But yeah. for the right demographic, Twitter's great. Yeah, yeah. Twitter, I would say. I mean, politics, yeah. business, sports, and like investing in crypto. Investing yeah. is kind of pretty. It's investing is like a first cousin to business anyway, though. Um, okay, let me let me throw let me throw a cur- Are you done with the Twitter? Talk? Yeah, I'm done with Twitter talk. You got a question? I'm gonna throw a curveball. I'm going to throw a curveball at you because I just spent. Um, we just went up, uh, not not name dropping, but I but I, I need to explain who they are so you understand why. So we went out with Logan and Jake Paul and Roman Atwood. Have you ever heard of Roman yeah. Atwood? I haven't heard of Roman Atwood. He's got seven. Who's followers. who is Logan and Jake Paul? I'm just never kidding. heard of them. <laughs> never heard of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those dudes are on fire right now. Don't get me started on those dudes, but I'm talking, yeah. so I'm talking about Roman Atwood. Uh, I went up to a mountain day. We did like a birthday mountain day, YouTube video style thing. And this guy named Roman Atwood came and he has a, he has a YouTube following of 17 million. So, I mean, oh. he's not a, he's a big dude and he just, he, he's a rad dude. He, he everything he posts about family, he's got a wife, kids, and his whole channel is just about that. And what we were up there talking, there were a bunch of big influencers up there, multi-million followers. Like, and you want to know what they were talking about? Snapchat. Really? I swear to you, this. Pod- I, you've, so I will say, you've always been a very big proponent of Snapchat. Not anymore. It's garbage. The last year, like right. ever since GG, ever since the iOS, iOS. update, yeah. it's been trash, right? Yeah. And I'm not talking about running paid on it. I, I've spent a lot of money on Snap. I've always been. I wait. Yes, we both. Yeah, that's basically what we partnered on at our agency. That was it. We're spending that a lot of money it. on Snapchat. Yeah, that was and it. I'm now spending pretty much zero there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I still have a couple clients, but but what he was talking about was he was saying he like they Snapchat implemented a thing called Snap Stars for influencers okay. and, what it, and what it is, is they basically it's a verification badge ish, but it's called a star uh, and they give it to bigger influencers. And then when you're on the discovery feed, normally you get fed ads in between there when you're on the, just scrolling, there's a lot of ads and stuff. Now the first things that pop up are these snap stars, just verified people. Uh, right? And, and he was saying the organic that reach that he gets off Snapchat right now is better than any platform he's on any platform. He's like, when he posts something because he's a snap star, when he posts something, he's like millions of views that I, I would have never even suspected. So there's been a couple and, and pay attention because now I've heard Stradman's pushing his, uh, the diesel brothers are pushing theirs. And like yeah. Logan's always had a big snap following like Logan Paul. But yeah. Well, they, Logan, he was Paul. a vine kid, right? The, the, the Paul, yeah, they were rich. Vine Paul, yeah. Paul brothers were pint. Yeah. Yeah. So, so snap makes a lot of sense for them, honestly. Yeah, they're huge on there to begin with, but 
someone yeah. like Roman, who is my age, you know, with a family and a kid, you wouldn't think that would be his demographic, right? He's, he's, he's older and he's got wife and kids, probably not snap people wrong. It has a fantastic like organic reach and he's just posting, he's getting tons of views. Well, one of the things that we used to say about Snapchat, and so I'll make a little bit of a case for it because I don't know, I, I didn't know all that. So I'll, I'll, I'll put two points in on Snapchat if you're a creator and you're thinking about it. Um, one of the things that we used to say was, uh, what's the biggest pushback that brands would give us when we were talking to them about Snapchat ads? Oh, my, my thing's not for kids, you know, like it's for older yeah. people and something. Okay, just quick reminder here, Snap's biggest year of growth you know, and, and social media apps typically grow with people who are in high school. So 16 to 18 years old, 14 to 18 years old. Snap's biggest year of growth was 2014. Quick check. That was about 10 years ago now. Yeah. Uh, so those 18 year olds are in their late 20s and they've got disposable income and they've probably got a kid and they've been out of college for like five, six, seven years now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not really like the young youth platform that you think right. it would and it, that you think it is anymore. And, and I think that, you know, most creators have like a plus minus 10 years, uh, sort of demo on them. Right. So if somebody's 35, they probably have pretty good appeal to put to anyone from kind of 25 to 45. Right. Um, and, and some creators, depending on the content, it's a little bit more, I'm just guessing maybe there's some actual stats out there on that. So that's one thing on Snapchat. The other thing I'll say about Snapchat is, yeah, I actually, now that you mentioned that, there's a few uh, YouTubers that I follow um, from our from our sports from our sports channel that uh, have just posted because you can do the 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 post thing on YouTube now for your community for your subscribers that have just posted like, hey, add my, add me on Snapchat. I'm just gonna kind of use it throughout my day, you know. Behind the scenes stuff, be chatting and stuff like that. Like it's kind of, it's my behind the scenes crew, you know. So add me on Snapchat to be on the behind the scenes crew, and like, yeah, I mean, I'm like, okay, so there's like, a put. I've, I've seen this a couple times now, so I'm like, there's Snap a reason that everybody's doing that. It's because of the organic reach. Like I can see it in their accounts. Yeah. Like I see the, I see when they post, and I see how many views they get, and it's not even close to any other platform. So yeah. you'll you'll start seeing that more and more that I assuming snapchat doesn't change anything a lot of more of these influencers would be pushing snapchat there's there's a very interesting for use cases for snapchat for certain people like it's it's actually a pretty highly utilized app for like very specific use cases for for some age demographics so for example i play i play basketball with a lot of kids who are i'm calling them kids because i'm in my 30s now like early 30s now but they're they're you know maybe under 25 21 to 25 some of them might be 20, but mostly 21 to 25. And I have Snapchat specifically because that's where a basketball group text is. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know if they use it otherwise, but it's like, there's just this use case where it's like, I have to have it. So, I mean, yeah, like some days I'm messing around and I go to the discovery feed and I see that content and I see people and it's actually not bad content. Like it'll keep you coming back. Uh, so yeah, it's very no, clickbaity. It's very clickbaity type it of is. content and it gets you to watch <laughs> weird shit. Yeah, it does. It, it's like if you're in the BuzzFeed generation at all, you'll kind of get into it. You know what I'm saying? I'm you. I'm um, but but I think, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I could buy Snapchat. I think it seems like they must be making some kind of creator push right now um, because their ads platform has just been underperforming. So so I could see maybe the moves there being that let's make a creator push. Let's get the creators using it. Let's get them bringing their audiences here. And then let's, uh, have some kind of creator marketplace similar to how it, TikTok does. That's, that's exactly, they already, they already have that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that way brands can just do creator deals right there on Snapchat. So yeah, I mean, if you are a creator worth at least looking at, what would you say that audience ownership is like there? So it's like, do you actually amass a following and like, what's the audience ownership? Like does uh, your whole audience see your stuff? Yeah. Everybody will see your stuff. If you're posting, like if you follow somebody, you're going to, you're going to get them in your feed every like in between your friends. They're, they're just somebody yeah. that you follow. you'll get all their stuff that they post. Just like they're just like they're one of your friends basically. Yeah. Like, like they're one of your friends. Exactly. But yeah. then, but then the, the discovery feed. Not all of your followers will probably see the discovery feed, but they also show they they show your discovery. If you're a snap star, they show that to a lot more people in that discovery feed. So I I, I I'd be lying if I said I knew exactly you know the value yeah. for it. But I just I, I only know because I see these guys using it more and more. Well, put it this way, right? If if all it does is give you incredible organic reach, if it's just a chance for ever, incredible organic reach right now, well, why are so many creators on TikTok? 
you know what I mean? It's, it's because of that. It's because, you know, Hey, it's actually harder to grow on Instagram these days. You know, there was a time when it was really easy and, and now it's not as easy, right? Cause there's more creators, more creators making more content equals better content. And, and when there's better content, you got to make better content in order to grow. And even still, sometimes it won't like you I think on, on Instagram, sometimes you can actually make an incredible piece of content and it won't hit. And and we've had ones where like, I have a reel right now on our, on our sports page that I posted it probably four or five weeks ago and it got a couple hundred views and now it's taking off because it got a few more impressions and Instagram was like, Oh, this has a high engagement rate. So it's like your stuff won't hit necessarily on Instagram. So if you can find if a, you're, if you're a creator, man, if you're a creator, one thing like just keep creating. Yes. Like, just, like don't, don't ever, don't ever not post it. Cause the content's not good enough. Right. Just yeah. keep posting and post, post that bad stuff. Yeah. Post it all dude. Like I, uh, Okay, we were talking to one of the things I didn't. We, when we were talking to Jake Paul, said mm -hmm. call him, call him whatever you want. You can hate him as much as you want. Like, and I naturally, I actually I, now that he's podcasting, I dig him more. Like when I can, when I can consume more of him in long form, I kind of. Are you like, talking? Are you thinking Logan Paul or Jake? Both of both of them. Okay, uh, they, I, they I, either I, guest I, a lot or they or they podcast themselves. Yeah. So so when when we were up at the cabin with these guys and it was Logan, Jake, and his dad, they were all there, and I was talking. Logan, I get along with really well. Like he like he's mm -hmm. business minded. His he's such a nice guy. Biz, all this stuff, and then I I got along with him really well. But Jake was kind of that. He was kind of a fuckboy. That's just what it was. Okay. Like he didn't yeah. want to talk to anybody. He didn't want to. And and I didn't I didn't necessarily see him as super smart and i was just like dude this guy's just like whatever and then i was yeah. talking to i was talking to his dad and i was just like you know you know what i don't know if you know his story but he moved out when he was like 16 right he left home and he went to oh. la by himself and he went to la by himself and he did a disney show and that didn't work out but after the disney show didn't work out he told his parents he's like no i'm gonna make it i'm not coming home i'm gonna stay here and i'm gonna start doing these these vlogs yeah. And, and, and their parents were like, dude, just come home, just come back. Yeah. And he's like, no, I'm going to make these vlogs. He did not miss a single day in 300 days. Not one yeah. day in 300 days did he miss of making a video. So you can, you can, you, you don't, the point of that whole story is like, dude, this dude's been doing it forever and he did it every single day. And I guarantee you some of that content was garbage. And I yeah. guarantee some of it was great, but it was, it's a, it was a numbers game where he did it every single day. It's a, it's a tough one. Cause I think a lot of people want their content to be really, really good. And they want everything they post to pop and everything they post to take off. Um, but yeah, like I, I think in, you know, to kind of support your point, uh, somebody who is blown up a creator who's blown up in the past, dude, when we still had a business together, I, I bet neither of us have even heard of this guy. And this guy is in your vein, Alex Hermosi. And now oh, yeah. I actually, I actually have you him. known him. You might've known I, him. I actually knew him before he popped like, um, but then but his he, last, like I've followed him for a lot. We I've known him for a very long, but like when he did the, he just did a podcast with Andy Frazella uh, yeah. from first form. And dude, yeah. after he did that, I've never seen this dude blow up more than that. Like well, everybody knows who he is now and his content so good. He did well, so he did that, but I, I heard him on another podcast recently. And uh, the main thing he said about it is that he's like, I like to kind of stack the deck in a way where if I look at it, I can say, and this is like great advice for a creator, I think. Um, he's like, I like to stack the deck in a way where if I look at it, I can say, well, how could it not work? Right. So, so he's like, think about it this way if you were like a baseball player and your goal was to hit 50 home runs this season, um, you know, it might be hard to hit 50 home runs this season, but what if you could take 5,000 at bats? What if you could take 10,000, 50,000, right? Like, so he's like, uh, so sometimes the idea of just more will make it work. So he's like, when we look at content creation and, and the way that we've popped off and gotten so huge, some of it's being platformed by people who are big, right? And, and there's there's a whole thing to that. But but how do you get platformed by people who are big? You reach out to a bunch of them and you don't leave them alone until they platform you. Right. Uh, and you just keep doing that. And if you do it a bunch of times every day, all day, all the time, then you're going to get platformed at some point. Um, or I mean, the same thing with content creation. He's like, well, everyone's like, hey, post once a day. And they're like, well, what if we post three times a day on every single platform, like just all the time? 
you know, and in some platforms we realized, oh, you don't do that. Actually, you're like, you actually just should post once a day or when something's taken off, don't post another thing, let that thing ride or whatever. You, you learn that stuff over time, but the volume does a lot for you. Your learnings accelerate, you hit more often, you, you figure out what works more often. And like it, you kind of stack it in from going like, well, how could I ever grow to a hundred thousand followers to like, man, how could I not go grow to a hundred thousand followers? Yeah. Be, like it, it, it's like yeah, not possible. His, that analogies, his, his analogies are fantastic always. Right. Yeah. So, so I do want to, I want to shift gears and talk about another thing here because I think uh, this, this valuable stuff for creative creators, but I think that there's kind of been this shift. Uh, so I work with a brand it's on right? I mentioned them already. And, and they've probably done influencer marketing in terms of just like, you know, pay for post influencer marketing better than almost any other brand. Um, they've done it incredibly well. They've grown inc incredibly well. And a lot of it is just their way of like identifying an influencer, identifying their audience, identifying how engaged they are. Like they can almost always tell you like, yeah, they've bought some followers or like, no, they, they haven't or whatever. Right. And some there's, you know, other people could do that too, but like some, some creators are good at hiding it. Some creators aren't, you know, uh, but, but in re recently as it has for everybody that pay for post model has stopped working as well. So I want to get your thoughts on that because it used to be like you could pay for a swipe up or you could pay for a post and that would work really well as a brand. Why do you think it's not working so well now? And, and like specifically from the creator perspective, you know, why is that important to think about? Because your organic reach is going down. Like, like you pay them for the post and that same mm -hmm. post that they did a story on, you know, used to get a hundred thousand views and, and now two years later, you know, and every year it gets worse and worse. And now it's only getting, you know, 50,000 views. So, so mm -hmm. naturally over time, the organic reach gets taken away. It's just not as valuable. So in, in that vein, do you think, because you're a person who basically all of your big wins have come from working with influencers, you know? Yeah. Um, so obviously I, you think that influencers are important to brands, super. even with that diminishing reach, like why is it so important still for brands on the brand side to work with influencers? It's because this is what I want creators to hear. Like yeah. what do they want from you I, and why is it so important for them? to work? I, what do you really I still, I still, I still want to work with these influencers. You know, I still, I don't see, maybe I don't see in some brands. I do see it. I do see a bigger ROI than I used to with influencers. Other brands, you're right. Their ROI isn't the same off influencers that it used to be, but I still want to work with them because typically these are different people. We're bringing in different types of customers, but then B, you know what I do. I mean, we whitelist these influencers accounts. So yeah. So what that means for anybody who doesn't understand, basically I get access to their Facebook or their Instagram account. And then when they post that post or whatever the, the brand deal, I put my credit card behind it and I pay to make it an ad. Uh, and then we, we see a lot, we see a lot cheaper traffic when it's coming from an influencer that's verified as opposed to a business. So I still want to work with these. It's still, these, these platforms are still super valuable to me, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Some brands aren't seeing the same return that they used to see off influencers just because they're not seeing their posts like they used to. Even off of whitelisting. All of the above, all of the above. Right. Whitelisting yeah. isn't working as well as it used to in 2016, right? It, it, like, yeah. it's just, it's all gotten a lot harder in, in general. Like you can't compare any numbers to COVID now, like to two years yeah. ago. It just doesn't, you can't do that. So, so I, I have a little thing I want to take you through that I want to ask you some personal questions in a second, but, but I, uh, I, I think that, you know, my take or my theory on this essentially is that like a whole bunch of things kind of happened, uh, all in, in a short period of time. One, uh, the creator economy kind of happened pretty quickly. Right. And we didn't really know what to do with it or how to do it. And, and influencers are human. They're not like an algorithmic platform where, an algorithmic ad platform like Facebook, like Meta or like YouTube or Google or whatever, they know exactly how much they should charge you for an ad because they have all this data input from all these advertisers. So they know, hey, there's a lot of people buying ads right now. So I'm going to raise the price. There's not as many people buying ads. So I'm going to lower the price. Like they, they have live input on the supply and demand market of the ads they have. Humans don't have that. 
humans didn't know what to charge, right? And so I think there was a time where pay for post was really undervalued, right? Where influencers are like, oh, you'll give me money to post it? Like, great. Yeah, whatever yeah. amount of money. What are you thinking? Tw 10, 20 bucks? What? Yeah. yeah. For 2 million followers, sure. 20 bucks, you know, yeah. like <laughs> that's an exaggeration. Maybe it's never like that, but like, but like it was so so and this is why people always said like oh yeah the kim kardashians of the world don't work with them it's because they never undervalued themselves right no jenner or kardashian or like true celebrity like a like a justin bieber someone like that they're never going to undervalue themselves right but but these people who are just regular people who grew this following they didn't know how to value themselves at all right and then this whole creator economy happened where there became agents who would who would do the deals for them and now the agents have more input and they know how to value them um and then there became like this creator economy happened so now creators have a way to monetize the following and so this whole you know other business comes up where hey why don't you just buy a following and then you can get these brand deals and turns out that those bot followers don't buy you know shoes mm -hmm. or whatever the brand deal is paying you to promote so now you have a lot of influencers that have inflated followings as well and, and so I think all of that kind of all happened together and, and it's gone away. And I say all that to say, do you think in, in whitelisting is definitely one of them, but do you think that there's a next iteration of this creator economy or just kind of a better way for brands and influencers to partner together? Cause you've said something before that you're like, I mean, it's a trust thing, right? You've done this giveaway model where I'm going to give away a truck to people who buy my products. And if I just tell you, hey, I'm going to give away a truck and I'm this brand, no, I don't you're, like, oh, you're not going to bring give away a truck. But if this guy who you've been following for a minute says, yeah, I'm going to give away a truck like I've seen it. This is the truck. Then you mm -hmm. believe that they're going to give away a truck. So I think that there is this sort of trust thing. Right. And it is still important. But do you think there's just a, a new iteration, a better way for brands and influencers to collaborate? I think it'll be interesting to see what comes up uh, with with TikTok and they've got their creative marketplace. All these all these brands are realizing that they need a creative marketplace. Call it YouTube, call yeah. it all of them. And I think I, I think that will help. I know Shopify just opened their own thing too, to where you can go on Shopify and find people to push your products, like find other influ influencers. So I think there will be more ways for them to make money in the future. A lot of different platforms where people can find their content and find their accounts and then work with them, but but I don't know what the iteration will be. I, I, I still think influencers is more important, just as important as it's ever been. Yeah. Um, I still think you need some sort of influencer attached to your brand or some, some sort of trust attached to your brand. Uh, but, but I, I don't know what that's going to look like other than I think all of these plat, there will be a central place for people to just put their stuff and brands will reach out to them. And I think brand deals will be a lot easier and everybody and, everybody will know the cost but i don't i don't yeah. know what that'll be uh, yeah at the end of the day i think it's still worth it to build a following i think it's worth it to do it right um and you know and not inflate it uh well, i'll tell you like i can there's there's a case it, like, made big for brands inflation. But, big brands though like like when i work i can tell you how many fake followers you had like yeah social blade like upfluence it all tells you how how real your following yeah. is right away and i can look at your account right away and if you have a million followers and you know a thousand likes i know that it's all just fake so fo followers are not it's it's all engagement yeah. rate that's all i care about i care about engagement rate and that's what's important yeah no i i i agree with that i think uh there are so I've had some people tell me behind closed doors that I won't mention who they are, that they're like, you know, there's some benefits to inflating. Specifically, it makes it easier for you to get platformed by someone, right? So it's like if you're trying to get on XYZ podcast and you've got 10,000 followers on Twitter, it's easier than it was mm -hmm. when you only had 500 or whatever. Um, so, but that said, I really, I probably just shouldn't say that on a podcast that influencers are listening because I don't think you should inflate, honestly. I think mm -hmm. you should do the harder, slower work of, of, of growing, growing the following. Right. Um, I want to take you through something because this is why I think this is why I think it's still so important for brands to work with influencers. And I want to wrap up this way. You van in your personal life are a person who I would say, I, this is, everybody's got a different perspective on this. And in your world, maybe you don't have this, but I would say you live a, you live a pretty, you don't live like a, a minimal isn't the right word. You live a nice lifestyle. What are you trying to say? <laughs> like I, I live mean, a nice live, life. You, like you, I spend my nice, money? <laughs> you spend your money. You spend your money. That's a good way to say it, right? I mean, am I wrong or no? Are you like, 
I, I could be better with my money management skills well, for sure. I, I could be, I, I'm not saying you should be better. I'm saying like, no, I'm, you I'm like not nice taking it that way. I'm not taking yeah, it. You that like, way. Nice yeah, I enjoy you'll, yeah, you'll yeah, buy yeah. that big house. You'll buy that, you know, <laughs> like you'll buy what you want, you know, and which where I'm like this guy who's like, oh, I don't need that. I don't buy things that I don't need. Right. Like I'm, and I think a lot of people just, are like that one. I do want to ask you about that because I actually think it's intentional with you. Yeah. There, 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 there's a lot of that's intentional with me, but, but it, I've always been the same. I've always been the same way. Like my whole life, like I didn't, I didn't come for money. <laughs> trust me. Trust me. I'm one of nine kids. Like that's the last place I came from. I moved out when I was like 15 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, I never had a dime to my, nobody ever gave me a dime. So like my, my whole philosophy on life in general is, is literally it's, it's not the amount of years in your life, but the amount of life in your years. Uh -huh. I swear to you, I swear to you, and it's is, I don't know how it got to this point, but I feel like more and more of, of people that I know that I'm close to are passing away young and passing away early. And all yeah. they did, all they did was work, 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 work. They miss their kids growing up because they're work, 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 all of this stuff. When really you're missing the whole essence of life. Like I, I could be better with my, but my whole purpose of working as hard as I do and doing what I do is I want to live a specific type of life. I want to live a fun life and I want, I want to be around with my kids and I, and, and, and is it intentional? Yeah. I mean, when like, I say, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Like, I don't, I don't know what you mean by intentional, but like there, there's a certain, uh, on social media, for example, there's a certain way people treat. I always wear loud and obnoxious shirts. I like, I like, I like. I think one of the flaws of my character is I. It could be a flaw or not. Is I like to be remembered. Uh, you know, yeah. if if I heard Chris Saka say, who's the GoPro guy, uh, he he always wears cowboy shirts and stuff, right? And I heard him say one time, they're like, "Why do you do that?" He's like, "Because when I leave the room." Nobody needs to know my name, but everybody knows me. Is somebody can say, "Oh yeah, the guy in the cowboy shirt," and they're like, right. "Ah, yeah, that guy." And, so, and you used to be the guy with the mustache. So, yeah. it, so then everybody so started I've, doing that. And you're like, "No, nah, I'm out." And no, it's not even. <laughs> I I had a mustache, a big, and I was known for this big, outlandish, curly mustache. I've had yeah. it for you know 12 years. It's not something that I just started to do to be trapped. I've always had it. Always yeah. had it. And it was always because it's like, oh yeah, man, the mustache guy. Yeah, I know that guy. And and yeah. I kind of got it that way. I don't have it. I haven't had it for two months because my wife absolutely hates it. And I enjoy having sex sometimes. So yeah, every now I'll and then. Have to, every, every 12 years, I'll shave it, have some yeah, sex and then- Have another yeah. kid. And then, yeah. yeah. Um, no, so, so, I, so this is what I want to take you through. What is something that people spend money on that doesn't make any sense to you. You're like, why do people spend money on that? Uh, it, it's such a personal thing. I, I I can't. What what I what I some thought, I thought you might that, say that. Yeah. It, it, what some people spend money on, and I think is the stupidest thing in the world. If that's what really makes them happiness, who are you to say it's not your money anyways? Like, yeah. like it, it. Am I very different than what my siblings spend money? I am very different than yeah. than what a lot of people spend money on. I have stupid. I have crazy amounts of shoes and, and, and you got a lot of Jordans. Yeah. I got I, like, but, but that's, what's made me happy. Like when I was a kid and 16 years old, all I wanted was Jordans and I could never have them because we never had money. And then all of a sudden I get the, and I have, I want every pair that I never had. So it's, yeah. it's what makes me, I enjoy it. It makes me happy. So you can say you hate on the fact that I have a hundred thousand, hundred thousand dollars worth of shoes, but it's not your money. And it's what makes me happy. All right. I was trying to draw a specific potential answer out of you that I thought you might say. You didn't say it, but the, <laughs> it, it illustrates the point. Bring of, it up. Bring it up. I should have given you the script. Yeah. I should have given you the script before. Uh, but, but no, I, it, this is what I wanted to say about like, this is why I think influencer and like creators are still important to brands. Um, because you, like, you're a guy who just, you spend money, you understand spending money. So let's say I want to sell a, a really nice pair of sunglasses, right? Or a Rolex watch. Rolex is a great example. Me, John, I'm a guy who'd never buy a Rolex watch, right? I'd be like, why? I don't care. But if you, like, you probably, you might if you wanted one. You know what I mean? You'd be like, I get it. Sell me status and I get it. I'll, you know, I'll buy it, right? Like, I, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll buy something like that. Whereas I think, and this is kind of the answer that I thought you'd say, you would say, because I think you've posted something like this before, where you you almost said something along the lines of like, I started intentionally spending my money 
because I, I want to change my mindset about money to something that there's an abundance of and I can always make and I can always get more of, right? So if I want something or if something represents status to me, I'm going to buy it because that I'm, I'm dressing for the part that I want. Right. And, uh, and I, and I'm telling myself like, Hey, maybe that stretches me, but I'm going to make that money. I'm going to like, I'm going to be that guy who, yeah, a $10,000 Rolex or a hundred thousand dollar Rolex, whatever. That's a throwaway for me. Now, if you told me that, then I might consider, I probably still wouldn't buy a Rolex, but like a nice pair of sunglasses, that's 500 bucks then I might be like, oh, okay, I get it. I get the mindset behind it. I get why this creator partnered with this brand of yeah. sunglass. Yeah. And I might, I might buy. buy it. I might do it. The $500 sun, pair of sunglasses is something I would never buy. Yeah. Right? I buy $10 pairs because I want them everywhere and I lose them and stuff like that. But if you're like, hey, look, yeah, I mean, they put this chip in it so you can't lose it, number one. Number two, I don't want my mind cluttered with 10,000 pairs of sunglasses. And number three, it's a mindset right? Then I might buy it. You need time to tell that story. And you know who gets time to tell the story? Creators and influencers. Yeah, creators. And, I, dude, I, love, I love that. Um, yeah. I really do. But it, like, because coming from me, uh, a young, a young dude with no money, like I, like the, I would never spend my money on any of this stuff because I didn't have any money to spend on any of this. You don't stuff. have that mindset. You're like, you save it. You save, yeah, save, save every single dollar. Right. But then like slowly, like I want to buy this. So I want to buy this massive house, this $2 million home. How am I going to do that? I got to figure out how to make this much money and then I'll do that. I make yeah. that much money and then I go do that. Yeah. And then the next goal is I want rental properties. I, I need this much money to do that. So I figure out how to make that much more money and then I go do that, you know? So, yeah, so yeah, I, I, I have said that and I, and it's hard for somebody that came from no money to like, the only way you can learn that stuff is to, is to go and say, this is what you want. I want this, this, you got to make yourself a little uncomfortable. House. And you have to go out and get it. Yeah. You got to make yourself a little uncomfortable, right? Like you, you know, if you don't really like, if you, if you want something better than what you got, right. Then See, don't you're not going to get there by being comfortable. No, 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 no. My, my whole thing is like, I don't buy stuff for the status. Like I don't buy these shoes because of the, I buy the shoes because of the way they make me feel. People buy stuff yeah. because of the way it makes them feel. Right. They don't buy a two million dollar home just to do it for the hell of it. No, because they want to live in that neighborhood and they want that status of, of living in that spot. So you buy the feeling if it if, it, if it's a feeling that you're buying. Yes. Yeah, spend the money on it. If, if it's a yeah. specific way that you t need to feel and then go spend money on it. But if it's if you're just buying it, not because of like the way it's going to make you feel or if it's just like I, I wouldn't spend money on it. I, I always say status can status isn't necessarily external. Status can be internal. You know what oh, I mean? Sure. Like putting on that Rolex makes you feel a certain way. For it sure. Make, and it's like, I'm, it makes me feel like a winner. So now I'm going to go win. You know what I mean? Like, a lot more confident. For people, yeah. For some people, you know, and, and, but I'm not saying it's for everybody. It's not for everybody, but, but that's, that's kind of the answer that I was trying to see if I could draw out of you is that it's like, it's not that I just spend money frivolously. Like I intentionally spend my money on things that I want because I it, it, like I have it's it's my way of making myself have a mindset around it right. Um, right and and but but that's the thing it's like I think that when people follow you and they know they know like and trust van and I might not be a person who would ever buy a pair of Jordans or a thing that you would buy or something like that right but when you tell me the story around it you tell me like hey I'm like you I'm not that person who'd buy that either but I realize, like, if I ever want to grow and be, you know, be what I aspire to be, I can't do it by being comfortable. So this is my way of making myself a little bit uncomfortable in a progressive way where it's like, yeah. you know, I didn't just go out one day and buy a $2 million house. I bought some other stuff that made me uncomfortable first, you know? They're, like, as long as you can, like, I would never say go out and spend money on a credit card. Like, never give yourself, put yourself in debt like that. Yeah. Uh, but if like the Rolls Royce, for example, you buy that in, and I've gotten invited to to get togethers of people who have that same type of money and the networking there has been fantastic for me. Right. It really has. Right. I never would that I like the cars and coins and all the events you get. I would have never even met these people ever had I not had that stupid car. You know, uh, it, it's it's, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like the market is scary <laughs> right now. Yeah. So, so you. Yeah. So you, uh, you, you, like, what did I say a second ago, ago about buying followers, right? It gets you indoors. Sometimes people do it and they do it because it gets them indoors. They wouldn't otherwise get in. 
And it's the same thing about the same thing with nice things, you know? Um, anyway, Van, I, uh, I want to wrap. I want to be sensitive of, of your time. I know we kind of had this on for a block and we're, and we're coming into the end of that block. Um, great conversation. This is, is kind of the first is in the, in the first five episodes of what I'm deeming like the creator series as, as more creators have started to follow the pod and, and hopefully it was helpful. So if it was helpful for you, if you're listening to this, uh, follow, follow me on Twitter and let me know. So I'm John J H coil on Twitter, um, and on Instagram and Van, what are your handles? follow van it's your boy van is it like i'm most active on instagram uh i i answer the most messages there it's just where the majority of my following is so it's your boy van on instagram is the easiest way to get a hold of me yep let, let follow us let us know give me feedback on what you'd like to hear more about in the creator series uh because it's, it's definitely something i want to continue to do van I appreciate you, man. It's been a good time having you here. I have one more tradition on the show. It's the parting shot, right? A lot of shows have something like this. It's the TLDR. You know, if you take one thing away from this, uh, from this whole episode and everything we talked about, take away this. It's usually the sound bite. It makes it easy for us to clip, right? A little life hack. Uh, you want to take a shot at it? Uh, yeah, I can. According to what we what we discussed today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So give me like a, a twenty. Here's twenty seconds. If you take nothing else away, take this away. If if you take nothing else away from this, is grow your own audiences. You do not know what's going to happen with these platforms, algorithm, and with your reach. You just do not know. So if you can grow an SMS list, or if you can grow an email list, or if you can grow a YouTube subscriber list where you've got all the subscribers that see all your stuff, I would highly suggest doing it instead of putting all your eggs on these social media like all over the place, they can change their algorithm at any day. And if you owned that audience, that text list, you can take them anywhere. That would be my only, that would be the sound bite, so to the speak. sound bite, I love it. Thanks, man. Van Oaks, uh, great to have you. We'll have to have you back for sure. We'll, we'll definitely be in touch. Love to be back, yeah, this was awesome. Yeah, it was a good time, good time. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube, please hit the like, and, or here, please hit the subscribe and the bell. Um, if you're watching on Instagram, please follow the accounts, right? So if you're following Van already, please follow me, follow Modern Commerce, vice versa, all that. I'm not going to say all whatever three variations of that. Um, if you are listening on an audio platform like Spotify or Apple Podcast, rating and reviewing is the biggest favor you can do for us. It lets those platforms know that people who like the kinds of shows you like might also like this show, and it shows it to them. Uh, and until so until next time, Modern Commerce, we will see ya.